The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is All Things Elite. Welcome back to All Things Elite. Load up the pod, and the song when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to All Things Elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Hear from them first. Swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex network zone. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the red, getting in the zone. Pulling up the show, give it seven stars, you already know. Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity? I'm gone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 225th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz, and I am your host of this lovely show, joined, as always, by my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing great. Uh, we're recording, uh, I guess this is very early Saturday morning, February 24th, but on the 23rd, I got a really big package from this beautiful company called Fanatics. With oh, all nice. my Super Bowl gear in it, there and it then I am now wearing... Uh, my uh Super Bowl ring. I'm not gonna go. Like I said, I I I promised I'm not going too far into it. But just a quick story about it. Quick story is that uh when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, so it was also the year. Uh, it was pretty much in the same year I married my wife, right? And I don't wear jewelry, right, at all, like at all. If you've ever seen me, I only wear one thing on my hand, and that is my wedding ring. And it is a silicone ring. Well, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and my wife bought me. They did a limited edition Kansas City Chiefs uh, ring, a silicone ring. And I was wearing it as my wedding ring for a long time. Well, during the pandemic, I went to Jacksonville, and I forget which show it was. I went with Tiffany, so I think it was the first double, uh, double or nothing in Jacksonville. And I washed my hands at the airport, and I think I just washed the thing right off. <sighs> So it just it like literally I, I I noticed it like it was the only thing I wear. So I noticed it like 10 minutes later and I just couldn't find it called the airport and all this stuff. I was like, it's it's a silicone ring. So it has no value. So if someone even saw it, they probably just threw it away. Right. 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 right, right. So it, it was no big deal. Uh, the Chiefs then win the Super Bowl the second time. I was like, oh, I'm excited. I can replace my ring. And then they didn't put a ring out. They just didn't. They just didn't do it at all. I don't know what groove life and whatever had with them, but they didn't put a ring out. Well, uh, I was like, so I didn't think I was going to actually have a ring in you know, like a year. I, I had another Chiefs ring that basically got destroyed. Like it got chipped and then it just broke. So uh, the Super Bowl won today, and of course, in my email, Groove Life popped up and said, "Oh, we got the Super Bowl ring." So this time, and you know how you—I'll tell you—you you will grow, you will get older, and you will get wiser. And I bought two, <laughs> so I bought two. So I'm wearing my ring now, and it's just—it feels right on my hand. It feels like love. 
You know, uh, it feels like love. And it's like, this wasn't even a brag about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I was kind of happy I got my ring back. So, that's pretty cool. That's, that's, that's good to see you reunited with that. Um, yeah, it's we are literally recording this, too. Like, incredibly late. I got out of doing... We weren't able to record yesterday because I was stacked with stuff I had to do and then work was busy today. So we are thankfully getting this out, like like I said, basically Saturday morning. So as late as we possibly could, but we're, we're getting it up. We're making because we want to make sure we hit this. Yes. Uh, especially considering like an, other than a few other outside stuff. There's only dynamite that we needed to talk about, so we yeah, should man. be able to knock yeah. this out for you guys. The Elimination Chamber starts in three and a half hours, and I was getting up for it anyway. So I literally, I've been asleep eighty percent of the day. <laughs> so when you, exactly, when you're so. like, "Oh, it's going to be a little later," I'm like, "I'm fine." You know, I'm literally just waking up, so that was cool. And you know, it, it, you know, was that dynamite this week? So that was cool. So yeah, we um, had to talk about that and. And all that kind of stuff. And like I said, we're we're so close to Revolution that these shows, like I said, there's a lot to look forward to for them. Especially considering, too, and I'll mention it when we get into uh, Dynamite, uh, what was tweeted before the show even went on the air. Because so, I do want to talk about that as well. Um, uh, but before we get into everything with the show, guys, uh, we appreciate your guys' support and everything. But we want to make sure you guys continue to do so. Downloading this fine show, whether it's on Google, Apple Podcasts, means the world to us. If you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us also, share us around with your friend, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And follow us on social media on Twitter. We are at ATElitePod. You can also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible. And you can check out all the they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the news of the week, I did not know about this news of the week uh, before I got the notes from Floyd. A few the minutes news ago, of the week yes. currently, Yeah, literally a couple minutes ago. Uh, the news of the week, I will read this verbatim. Is O'Shea Jackson really trying to help? Uh, so, Floyd, I don't want to speak out of turn. Uh, I have his tweets pulled up, but would you like to go into... Uh, what this man has been talking about. And again, uh, I want to say, I generally wouldn't cover this, but literally there was no collision last week. So we just, it's just basically a dynamite review and some stuff outside. So we needed a little content and thank you, O'Shea Jackson for uh, (laughs) providing such content. But um, the reason I say, is he really trying to help? Because he was on Chris Van Vliet this week. Uh, I like Chris VanVleet. Met him in Dallas. Pretty cool guy. That's neither yeah. here nor there because, you know, people do interviews. If O'Shea Jackson was like, hey, I w- you know, I want to be on All Things Elite, he would be on All Things Elite because he is an actor. You know, he is Ice, Cube's, uh, Ice Cube, the rapper's son, but he has did his own career. He's had a, a movie uh, with Seth Rogen. He's in uh, the Star Wars, uh, one of the Star Wars TV shows. Of course, he played Ice Cube in a movie. So this dude has a career, and it is growing. So don't get me wrong. This isn't by no, I'm not, when I say Ice Cube Jr., as someone that was born in 1981, it is with nothing but respect. So, uh, you know, he is a, and he's an avid wrestling fan, a avid wrestling fan, like, since I found out who this, I found out who this man was several years ago with him sitting in the front row at a WWE show and him tweeting about wrestling. And that's how I started following. So 
I, you know me, I am not against people with differing opinions of mine. Well, on the show, uh, the, and this is the clip. I mean, I did not watch the whole interview. I want to be hundred percent honest because I generally, you know, always say, yeah, you got to get to the details. But I thought the clip uh, that was given out gave enough information so I could comment on it. And it was asked, he's like, he's online and he says, uh, I, uh, I'm watching AEW and he's like, I'm, I get online and I tweet, who is this guy? And then he's like, I don't need somebody saying I'm not a real fan. I'm not this. Just give me some more information. And then he basically goes on to say, you know, like AEW should do more video packages to show people who, uh, more show people why they should care about uh each person especially these dream matches you know like you know Minoru Suzuki Jun Akiyama all these people that they announce uh that just show up he wants video packages so as he says it would help the audience grow okay all right I I hear him I you know he's a wrestling fan he has an opinion his opinion is valuable I want to say that before I say what I say because I was actually fairly angry uh, because let me tell you why I was angry. I'll start with why I was angry. What O'Shea Jackson Jr. does for a living. O'Shea Jackson Jr. is an actor. Very good actor. I enjoy, I think I haven't, every movie I've seen, I've enjoyed. Every role he's played, I think he brings something different to the role. I think he's really good. But you're an actor. And wrestling is a TV show. I know people want to compare it to UFC and people want to compare it to uh, this, but wrestling's a TV show, right? And if I turn it on, I, I don't know, like, a show that you like. Let's say Breaking Bad, right? Mm -hmm. Breaking Bad. <clears throat> season four, episode two of Breaking Bad. That's where I start. I, I didn't watch season one, two, three. Somebody said, you should watch... Breaking Bad, and it, the next episode on was season four, episode two, right? Mm -hmm. Is Breaking Bad going to tell me the details of every character on that TV show? No. You're supposed to have been watching the first four seasons to understand who the characters on the show are. Because you're obviously a fan of that show, right? Mm -hmm. AEW has been on for and if uh, if on that show they introduce a new character, are they going to tell you everything you need to know about that new character? Or are you expected to watch the show and to develop emotions negatively or positive for that character? I think they're expecting you to, to mm -hmm. understand that. Yes. So, again, one of, my, one of my favorite movies is the Lord of the Ring movie. When we meet Aragorn, uh, this is, and this is from Sam B., Sir Sam on Twitter. I love Sir Sam. I literally, if I could, if I at any point in my life couldn't do this show, me or Austin, that's who I would ask to take over all things. <laughs> that's that is how much I respect Sam's opinions on pretty much everything. Like we don't agree on everything, but I respect his opinions. I would, I'd be like Sam, be take take ATE for me, my take our baby and go because I think he's that good. And he he brings up Aragorn because I wanted to give him credit for this one because I think it's perfect. When you meet Aragorn in, um, in the first Lord of the Rings movie, he is just a guy in the back of a bar. And then over the next 
over the next two movies, he develops. You see the leadership. You see what he struggles with. They give you more information about him. And then he becomes, you know, the king. Spoiler alert if somebody hasn't seen a movie that's been out this long. But, uh, yeah. So, and it's just like, so, you coming from TV and movies should understand there is a, a amount of character development. When uh, the Dark Order uh, debuted, Evil Uno and Evil Stew, there were a lot of indie fans that knew who Player One and Player Dose was. And they popped. Me had no idea who those two men were. I was going to say, I was in the building for that show, and, and I, I audibly was like, Ooh. And that's fine, because that is a reaction. And then over the next few years, we've gotten to know the Dark Order. They've been in big matches. They've been in everything. But if they told you everything about the Dark Order when they first get, you wouldn't have developed that emotional connection from them losing, them getting bullied by Brody uh, after Brody passed. There's none of that, right? So I say that to say there is three hours of Raw, two hours of NXT, and two hours of SmackDown. They present wrestling exactly how you say it. And you know what? If that is how you need your professional wrestling, enjoy it. That's fine. But AEW is what's called a challenger brand. Tony Khan has used it very often. The one thing they did, and this is what's the, my problem with the last six months of last year, is that when you're a challenger brand, the worst thing you can be looked at is as a lesser version of what is already yes. done. A lesser version of what is already done. So what AEW does is take their own thing and decide how they present it. And everyone was like, well, I, you know, I was having a conversation. I can't even, I mean, I don't want to bury anybody, so I'm not going to say who, but I was having a conversation with a friend and he was like, and we were, we were, it was one of the guys I went to show with, and we were just talking about vignettes and all that stuff. And he was like, he would help the show grow. And I was like, okay. To a casual person, help the show grow. And I'm like, I don't believe a lot of casuals are watching wrestling. And if, and if you change that, I think it may help a nominal amount as far as growing your audience. Like a very little amount as far as growing your audience. But I think it would do a huge portion to pissing your current audience off. Well, and I also think, too, just to piggyback off that a little bit, too, like with the idea of like, you know, more in-depth video packages and stuff like that. I also think that wrestling fans, specifically wrestling fans online, also tend to like really like zone in on some of the most minute bullshit does not matter things for the most part. Not to say that video packages don't matter because they do, and they're a big part of pro wrestling. But like, I remember there was a significant period in time where wrestling fans were so anal about moving graphics for pay per view matches, and like when they brought them into AEW and you had moving graphics for the for the wrestler face offs and all that kind of stuff, and for the match. Uh, uh, promo images. People went nuts on Twitter. I remember seeing people go crazy about this. Some people, I bet, couldn't even tell you that that was a thing that they used to do or did do at one point. And 
it was just a hot button thing of like people being like, remember these? They should do these more again. And more so, like I said, you, what you said as well, the last thing you want to be is viewed at as just this, but lesser or cheaper. It's all that kind of stuff. That's the last thing that you want to be viewed at. Um, and AEW, I think, does a great job of just being like, you don't know who this guy is? Watch his match. And then you'll want to see more of this guy. And you will, it'll, he'll be such a great performer and such a great athlete and such a great wrestler. You will be in, like, just naturally be like, I need to Google this guy. I need to go see his, his other matches. I need to see this dude in his natural habitat, wherever promotion or whatnot that he came from. I think that's been one of the biggest things. It's like, as long as they come out and they do what they are asked to do, it's going to lead to people wanting to search them up. It's the same way of like when an artist is featured on another artist's song. It's like, I could listen to a song by an artist I love and he's got a featured guy. I have no idea who this guy is, but he flows and he, he or she sounds amazing on this. I need to go see what other stuff they have. And that's it's just that's just kind of like how that's supposed to work. Now it doesn't like work all the time, and that just matters from performer to performer. So, yeah. my first match, uh, my first Okada and uh, first Okada and Omega match, full beginning to end match. It was when Cody debuted. I think uh, Wrestle Kingdom seventeen. I, I, I if I said the wrong number, sixteen or whatever. I. I if I say the wrong number, I think it was uh, year 2017. Um, when they, uh, like, again, said the wrong number, I'm just not going to Google it. Just know. It was my first Kakato Omega match. It was Cody's first. Wrestle Kingdom 2017 was uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11. Wrestle Kingdom 11. There you go. It was super off. I think I was thinking Wrestle Kingdom, yeah, the year. So um, uh, uh, Cody was announced for the show. Yeah, he had joined the Bullet Club, and he was uh, wrestling uh, Kota Bushi and Kenny Omega, and uh, Kazuchika Okada were the main event. All right. Never seen them in a full match, seen clips online, blah, blah, blah. Didn't know anything about these men. From the entrances, Kenny Omega comes out as a video game character. I'm on Twitter. People throwing out, yeah, uh, it's this game from this character, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Okada comes out with the Rainmaker. Um, great. Again, no emotional attachment to either man. Right? The match starts. Again, one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. It was like the... I don't think I'd ever been more impressed in an initial view of two people than I've ever been impressed in that. And I've been fans ever since. Did I go back and watch 20 Okada matches or 20 Omega matches before the match? No, I let them tell their story and they told their stories with their body and that's what made me a fan i didn't need all this background information and all that stuff but that's me Dude, that i was, am not yeah, a, that was that yeah. was me too with uh when shinsuke nakamura got signed when like that announcement after wrestle kingdom 10 they announced that shinsuke aj styles and the good brothers all were getting signed at the same time basically and i was like well i know who aj styles is I know who the Good Brothers is, specifically uh, Luke Gallows. I knew who he was. No idea who Shinsuke Nakamura is. Uh, and I was like, well, their last match was literally Wrestle Kingdom 10, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke. Let me just watch that match. And immediately I was like, 
oh, Shinsuke is the shit. And that's got me so hyped for when he wrestled Sami Zayn at uh, NXT TakeOver for his first WWE match. Dude, I was so ecstatic. I'm like, oh my god, this guy who I've only just seen wrestle like once against my favorite NXT like star ever, like in one of my favorite wrestlers, period, in Sami Zayn. I was like, that's all I need. That's that's the selling point because it's really it's not that hard to sell you like on somebody if you just see them perform. And like I said, they got a lot of buzz, like especially if there's somebody that's established somewhere else. They got enough buzz from where they are. There's a good chance they can sell you on it if they just give you one look. Oh, yeah. And four time four time commentator winner uh, Excalibur does a great job of giving you the pertinent. Yes, he does. Does yes, give you the pertinent information of what you need to know right then. So, like I said, could they do exactly what O'Shea Jackson Jr. said? Absolutely. Absolutely. But Tony Khan and the owner of this brand and the person that decides what the product is has decided that is not how he wants to present his product. That's simple. It means that's it. If you watch AEW, you're a fan or not a fan, this is how this product is going to be presented. And Google is your friend. If you need to know everything about a person before watching them wrestle, you have Google. But most of us just decide to give people a chance. And it's just like, you're not emotionally involved with every, you're not emotionally involved with every uh, wrestler before you see them wrestle a match. I remember the first time I saw Brock Lesnar walk through the ring. I didn't know fuck Brock Lesnar was. I mean, like, they was like, oh, he won the NCAA National Championship. What does that mean to me, who doesn't yeah. care about amateur wrestling? Nothing. It means nothing to me. But I did see this big 6'4", 260-pound beast, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, I could do this with a lot of people. I, I, I think getting to know people and growing and growing and evolving is your thing. And I know Minoru Suzuki and Jun Akiyama aren't characters that are going to grow over the years because they're pro-fold guys, but... You know, if you sit there and you listen to Excalibur, he'll tell you why they're important and he'll tell you why this match means anything. And again, I, and this is a statement I used, a dream match to some is an introduction match to others. Yeah. I did not know who Thanos was when he was on the clip at the end of Avengers. Exactly. If you're yeah, a Marvel yeah, fan, yeah. do you need to read the entirety of Civil War to enjoy the Avengers Civil War movie that came out? Or did you just have to know, oh, Iron Man hates yeah. Captain America because of this reason? Like, is it way more in-depth in the comics? Absolutely, and honestly better, but it doesn't mean you can't get any less enjoyment out of the movie just from what they tell you from base knowledge of who these characters and who these people are from what they are showing Yes, like, M- MCU, every Marvel movie up until Avengers Endgame, you got a little bit more of Thanos. Uh, a little bit, a little, like a piece of Thanos. It's like Thanos did this, Thanos did this. And by the time he had his big movie, you knew everything you need to know about the movie. But if you started on Infinity Wars and Endgame, you know, you're like, you're like why is this guy important? And they're not going to go back. Well, and you'd also you. be like, "What's what? Who are who are all these like seventy characters that yeah, they have?" Yeah, yes. Mind? It's like no, that's not how TV and movies work. And it's like I know you want to compare it to UFC, but it's not UFC. It's not 
wrestling is a TV show. It is a TV show. It is a soap opera that has been playing for 30 years. And Randy Orton coming back and, you know, attacking uh, Solo Sokoa means more to somebody that's been watching it for the whole time, more than a video package will ever tell. And that's in WWE. It's just like, I don't know. And uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. directly played a character that at the beginning of the movie was just announced as a lowly old bartender. He was just a bartender that was in the know. And by it, by the end of the movie, uh, by the end of the movie, he, you find out he's the mastermind of the whole thing. I'm not saying the movie name because I don't want to spoil it for people. I actually did look it up later this week. I used Google. It's this crazy thing called Google. And I remembered, I was like, because I saw the movie in theaters, but I couldn't remember the actual name. But then I remembered it, and I was just like, okay, you literally played a character where they introduced him with no information, really, and then by the end of the movie, he was the most important character in the movie. I I don't know what to do, but again, he is allowed his opinion. I don't like the people that attacked him, said his dad should have pulled out, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I know. It's like, dude, it's an opinion on a TV show. But again, I always say... I don't think those people that get on and say the meanest things actually care about it. I think they get on there as outliers because they get to say mean shit. Because um, I wasn't on the early days of Twitter, but my friend Jason was. And he always tells me the earliest days of Twitter were just getting on and saying the meanest shit you possibly could to people. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't like you didn't even believe it. It was just you were just everybody was. It wasn't like some people were trolls. Like everybody was a troll. Everybody. Yeah, and then they, you know, blocks and mutes and all these different filters and, you know, having a standard of community standards. Those those drove some of that away. But again, people do like to join on hot topic, uh, hot button topics. And their name, their account name is WJ one, two, three, seven, nine, 12, or whatever. And they want to say the meanest shit. And you just put up a middle finger and move on. Cause those people are idiots. It's like, I just hate that. I hate that people say that they are representative of what AEW fans are. I am representative of what AEW fans are. Most of my people in AEW are like me. They can be like, we respect what you think. We cannot agree with it and still respect what you think. Yeah. Dude, I come on here and scream about how much I hate the Young Bucks constantly. And Floyd will go out here and be like, yeah, that's by design. I'm like, I don't fucking care. And he's like, okay. Like, yeah. he's like it's, it's just how, how it goes. Yeah, so like, dude, I will respect you. I will respect you as long as... Uh, I will uh, I will respect you as long as you present your thing respectful. And that's O'Shea is never mean. He, no, if you, he's just you up see, front with it. Yeah, if you see any of his mean tweets, they are only reactions to people going outside the fucking line. And he needs to, you know, uh, do what he needs to do. And that's his business. But when he presents this, just when he presented it on there, it wasn't it wasn't mean. It was like, this is what I'm used to seeing in wrestling. And this would help me enjoy this wrestling more. And if you're watching wrestling and you don't, you know, have ideas on why, how you would enjoy your product more. I don't know how you watch. That's how people watch wrestling. That's how wrestling fans watch wrestling. We're always thinking of how it can be better. I know some people just, you know, a a casual just watches it and it goes on their life. And like I said, I don't know 
how, like I said, the casual viewer, right? I, 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 which I say is a myth because it's like, if you're a casual viewer, you know you're not going to know stuff when watching. Yes. You know it. You accept it. That's why you're a casual viewer. You know you're not going to know everything about everybody when you're watching it. It's, you just have it all probably while you're doing something else or whatever. Like I said, I think you could do it, but I don't think the effect would be this monumental effect. It's not going to launch AEW back into the hot area that it was. It's just a few people will be like, oh, okay, that's better. And then a lot of people, a few people are going to be like, oh, that's worse. And then again, worse than all of it. Oh, they're just trying to be WWE. Exactly. So either way, um, that's kind of since he'd been making a little bit of buzz, uh, that's where our thoughts are. And in terms of is he try- really trying to help? I don't know if he's necessarily trying to help, but I do think he is just being upfront with his thoughts about wrestling. Uh, yeah, I know I, I, like a little bit recently he tweeted stuff about his thoughts about the uh, Wrestling Observer Awards, which we'll get to at, at the end of the show. Um, and I think it's just him being up front. It's him as a wrestling fan. Yeah, I, I him, will say him starting conversation and, and no, he's very much getting people talking. To him. No matter the result, I said this last year uh, when they cleaned up. I said it this year when they lose. I do not know why everybody gets up in arms by a fan club vote because that's all it is. It is exactly what it is. <laughs> very much. They do not matter to anybody except for the people making. Yes, and it's just like, yes, if you think somebody else was the match of the year or the best tag team or whatever, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, like the, like people get so fucking angry. Oh, I know. I like, know. Dude, like about a fan club vote. And I'm just like, I think some of it's performative to get people to come listen to their shit. Don't get me wrong. And if it works for you tip hat and we're not going to do that we're not going to get that angry about yeah. it we don't really get angry about a lot of things and it, it, it's it's different. and if it is angry it's barely angry at all like yeah, it's mostly yeah, just like yeah we're, we're talking having, shit yeah we're having fun it's like we don't that's not our that's not our brand there are no. there are plenty of other people out there that will get on here and just yell if oh, you I get know. me excited if I'm excited, it's mostly about if I'm happy or I'm yelling, it's about something that brought me joy, not exactly. something that brought I me can't, angry. I can't be hung up about stuff that makes me mad because yeah. like, it's just not, it's not helpful to me. It's, yeah, because re- wrestling is what brings me joy in life. I don't want yes. it to be what pisses me off. Exactly. So we'll move on to what we do enjoy, which is AEW. So we'll get right into Dynamite, which once again... Our boy Floyd, coming from Tulsa, Oklahoma at this show, he was in attendance for this one as well. So, I mean, yes. he got exactly what he wanted, FTR opening the show. Dude, it's so crazy. When I bought these tickets, I bought Austin. I bought uh, the Austin tickets. Not not you. <laughs> but I, yeah, I bought Austin. No, I ain't getting tickets I for bought a while. tickets to Austin, Texas, and I bought tickets to uh, for Valentine's Day, and I bought tickets uh, for the 21st in Tulsa. I was fully aware that uh, my boys, FTR, are colliders. Uh, they are colliders, and what that means is they don't work Wednesdays. And not only did I get them at one of the shows, I got them at both of the shows. And, yeah, Crazy. yeah, I was I was hyped, and then they announced that they were going to be, I mean, it's the first match, so we can kind of get into it, that they are going to be uh, wrestling uh, the, a Blackpool Combat Club. 
Dude, so I went with my friend Noel, and this was his first time seeing FTR Live. Me and Dan had seen FTR Live once, uh, I mean, you know, together once before. And then my friend Jay, who's big, he watches a lot of AEW, so he, of course, had seen FTR Live. And then my friend Caleb and his uh, his friend Robert. And, uh, you know, they were, uh, we were all all there. We had some really good soul food before the show at this place called Fixin's. If you follow, if you happen to be friends with me on Facebook, I accidentally tagged the Fixins in Los Angeles, not the one in Tulsa. <laughs> oh well, everybody's like, I thought you were in. T-. I'm like, yeah, I picked the wrong one. Damn, damn, I picked damn. the wrong one. Okay, I just, it said Fixins, and I was like, I thought, you know, when Facebook, when you check in, it's based on your location. So I figured it was gonna check in the closest Fixins, not the one in LA. But um, no, had some really good food, really good show, and then. I got the best tag team in the world. I can so like you talk about the different uh, polls and stuff. Like literally, I think FTR swept them. So they are the tag team, best tag team in the world right now. And they're wrestling against two of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, John Moxley and uh, Claudio Castagnoli. And, you know, I, you know, individually, Mox, Castagnoli, Mox. I've never been the biggest Mox guy. I am not. Mm -hmm. I'm not Sir Sam. Who is probably the biggest, one of the bigger Mox yes. fans on earth, and uh, but in Claudio, it's like, but that reverence, I'm a big Claudio guy, I'll yeah, 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 that big, that reverence and respect for both of those people are go out of, out of this world. So, and this is, I'll tell people that I've enjoyed the storyline because this is pro wrestling. Yes, because like Mox and Casanoli had been in a. Uh, their thing is basically right now BCC's gimmick is they are the gatekeepers of AEW. That is, I mean, if you're you're not understanding it, and it's not clear. Which I feel like their interviews and uh, promos have made it very clear. They're the gatekeepers, and they are there to measure everybody and make sure that everybody is putting in the maximum amount of effort to be in their company. So on a collision. They said, hey, we'll call talk to any, we'll t- take on any two guys, any two guys in the world, and out comes the FTR, the be- one of the, if not the best tag team in the world. And then they started fighting, and this whole feud is not about who said anything about anybody's mama. It's not about you know, breaking in somebody's house. It's about we are two badasses. And we think we're better than you two badasses. Exactly. And they and they're two guy two groups of guys who hit hard and absolutely like beat the hell out of each other. So Yes, and in this match, it was exactly that. And before the match, talking to my friend Dave Finishell, and I was like you know, this is leading to a match at uh, Revolution, and it's going to be stipulation match. It's going to be a bigger match at Revolution. And he's like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, okay. And this is the first time I've ever used this uh, moniker ever, ever. But I was talking shit. So I was like, I was like, you're questioning in the King of AEW podcast? <laughs> I was like, you're questioning to me? When I tell you something's going to be that way, it is going to be that way. It, 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 you were pretty. Is, you were pretty spot on. I was. Yeah, I was like, this is what's going on. I was like, this is leading to a different match. And he tells me, uh, of course, 
he Dave is like asking for details, and I say, "Oh man, because uh, there had only been what four matches announced." Yeah, was, there wasn't a lot. Well, also too, I forgot to mention too the one thing I forgot to mention as the show, as we get into the show, because I want to know what your reaction was too, because Tony Khan made a tweet leading into uh, the show that night, basically being like, "I've never had such a hectic lead up to a show." When it came to people not being able to, yeah, it said we we're gonna have fi- up to five minutes of uh, of overrun because it's been one of the most hectic weeks for injuries plus unexpected unexpected unav- unavailability that I can recall in a- in AEW, especially since the pandemic era. Uh, what was your reaction to when that tweet was sent out? Before it sounded it sounded like he was preparing us for a shitty show. Honestly, I was like. What? I was like, is this something? I'm like questioning TK. I say trust in TK, and I, at this moment, I was questioning the shit out of TK. I'm like, dude, if I was at home, I'd be like, uh, and I was that so-called casual, and I followed on Twitter or whatever, and I'm like, ah, maybe I should go find something else to do, because it felt like he was, but he was just like, you know, and it was just like, cause, and the two things really didn't. The two things really didn't go together. It was like we got a five minute overrun. Also, we have limited availability. It's right, like, exactly. Like, We're gonna make the show yeah. go longer as yeah, we are yeah. like struggling to fill time. Yeah, so it felt like it would go That's short. Double negative, right there. Yeah, so it was it was very weird. And I was like, because I, I like I said, I, this falls in line. I was like, dude, there's not a lot. I could see FTR and. uh I can see FTR and Blackpool Combat Club going like 40, 45 minutes. Now, you watched it on TV. Yes. Did they announce the time limit on TV? Uh, I, they, they, I couldn't hear it. Okay. No, so because, I just heard the bell ring. Because I'll tell you, in time, we didn't know there was a time limit until they said it was 10 minutes remaining or in a 20-minute match. Because if they told me this match was only 20 minutes, I was like, oh, it's going to a draw. I would have said that immediately, but I mean, maybe they're doing it, you know, in part. So the last three, sh- uh, like shows of AEW, you know, it started with these, uh, well, at least the FTR series is started with, they had a time limit and, you know, uh, Mox tapped out Dax in the last two minutes. And now this match and when they came out now, I will say this, when I saw how they were wrestling in that first five or 10 minutes, they're, they were on an incredible... They were wrestling a very fast-paced match. I truly felt like this wasn't a typical FTR match because they were going. And I'm like, man, are they going to be able to keep this up for 40 minutes? Because like when you're in a tag team match, when you could go 30, you go 30, 40 minutes, you usually get those long... Uh, double teams where you know, like they're they're beating on a right, guy for ten minutes like and it builds yeah, to for that that, that hot tag waiting significantly long. Uh, no, this match was uh, fast paced. I saw my boy Dax with his knee, bad knee, getting up, getting that drop kick, baby. I was like, I popped harder for Dax doing that drop kick than anything <laughs> that match. <because laughs> I know. Like he is very open with how much he struggles with his knees, like the the uh, the you know the injections that he gets in his knees, so he can you know, basically move and keep doing this. So when he hit the drop kick, I was like, oh, "Okay, rock and roll is here to stay." I was like, it took me back, and Cash is just God, 
He's a freakish athlete. Uh, when they built to that uh, double clothesline off the top ropes, so cool. And goddamn, Mox and Dax, I mean, you know, they always talk about the, uh, they always talk about the, uh, you, you're trying to um, suspension of disbelief. Those men are the definition of suspension of disbelief. We like they're like chop and punch things. It just looks like they're knocking the shit out of each other. And then then you had Cash and Claudio, and they were doing the Euros. And I'm like, hey, hey Cash, you my boy, you my no, you, you number one. I love you. Well, you really want to throw European uppercuts with uh, Claudio? You you see that That's man, right? Yeah, <laughs> you see that hey. man, right? <laughs> you no, and it, it was just like. It was just so freaking physical, like so freaking physical. And it was just like, I'm like feeling each chop and they're, they're going through and they're echoing. And it was like, there was no down part in this 20 minutes. Right. And literally it didn't give you this idea who was going to win. Every time I will say this, it's a clear story. Every time it tag team tactics are needed. FTR is going to have the advantage. Every time it's like a lot of one-on-one stuff, Blackpool Combat Club has the advantage. And it, it, I mean, it truly is how it should be because, you know, you're dealing with a former ROH world champion and you're feeling with a former AEW world champion. This dude, like, Mox is the alpha of AEW. And I don't mean that in, like, the Jericho way. He is the apex. Uh, he's the guy in, in AEW. So, Again, losing a fight to Mox is not like you've lost to just anyone, you know. So this match lined up and told the story, the outside work, the running into stairs. Like, I'm completely enthralled. Very few pictures from this match because it was just, I was completely just living in that moment. Uh, And uh, then in the end, uh, then in the end, they're all in the ring. And, of course, FTR gets the advantage and they're about to catch. Uh, you know, a mox with the, uh, uh, the shatter machine, which I liked how they did it because they really kind of lo- locked in a standstill because yeah. he went up for the shatter machine and the, the time went and, dro- and Dax dropped him. He ne- he still, they still haven't hit Mox or Claudio with the shatter machine. They're building, obviously building to this at some point, but they haven't hit them with the shatter machine. It was like, yeah, if we had 10 more seconds, maybe they won, but you don't know because they didn't hit them with the move. And yeah. it was it was a very even 20-minute match, perfect setup for a longer match. Yeah, no, these guys beat the living hell out of each other. And like you said, it did feel like it moved quicker. And... um. When they, even though when they said that, like you know, when I heard the the time limit start being mentioned every every bit and bit, I was like, like, oh yeah, we're we're gonna get to this point where I'm like, I don't think this is gonna make it be ending before the time limit hits. So I loved it. Uh, I thought it was an amazing way to open up the show. I don't think there's a way you can't go wrong when you open up with BCC uh, any format any form of BCC opening up. And then, of course, F- FTR doing what they do best. Um, spectacular. I love the fact that the five more minutes has now become part of, like, you know, AEW's reaction to a draw is, like, 
you know, fans are chanting it because like it's always it's I'm always waiting for it. Like because it's happened now, I think twice, two or three times where they just go five more minutes. It's like it couldn't even be like, you know, uh, just like another like they made sure they picked the number on that. Uh, So I love the fact that I got the crowd. They got the crowd chanting that as well in the state in the arena because. The referee, they're standing uh, facing off each other. Again, you don't have Excalibur telling you what's going on, and the referee calls for the bell. We thought we got five more minutes. Yeah. And we thought we were getting five more minutes, and it turns out, no, he was saying the match is over when he rang the bell, and it's, again, it, uh, it, it was kind of a false thing. We thought we were about to get five more minutes, and then they fought, and then everybody came out, and I was just like, oh, yeah, and it's building to Greensboro. No and guess who's gonna be there? Immigration on North Carolina. So, oh, you you know it, dude. You know it. It's crazy because this feud pretty much is probably gonna end at Greensboro. I've been here for every part of the feud because you know uh, the uh, the first uh, singles match and now this, and it was just like, dude, I'm 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 ecstatic, and also I think people, you know, I mean, seeing what FTR does, and you know, uh, and again, it's just this is old school pro wrestling what i look for in uh pro wrestling as in like man the, the whole story is these two guys just don't like each other and or and actually they respect each other but hey i'm a bigger badass than you yeah exactly so it's gonna be exciting to see these guys blow this whole thing off uh we had orange cassidy talking about backstage uh all the stuff that he had been basically doing including mentioning how he went to ref pro and they're like, you've done all this stuff recently. Are you cleared? Because they had Doc Samson there. And he's like, he's right here. He's like, he's going to let me know if I'm cleared. And Doc Samson basically said, barely. You're barely cleared. And he's like, well, then I'm still going to wrestle. And obviously very much uh, Samson was like, no, 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 no. And that was Orange Cassidy taking the place of Trent Beretta in uh, his match. So instead of... Uh, Trent uh, being involved with uh, Mike Bennett's uh, Orange Cassidy getting involved. Correct. Yes, I was, I was looking forward to that. Orange Cassidy versus Mike Bennett. Uh, and there were some people in the crowd. There was a little kid dressed as Orange Cassidy. <coughs> and he was very excited when they announced that match. Exactly. So a lot of people who came to see OC got to see OC. So it's good to see that that happened. And then FTR was being interviewed basically based, saying how you think you run the, this place, BCC? You don't. We don't bow down to anybody. We do our own shit. And if they don't, we don't have a match. They don't have a match. So I'm gonna say. And then that's when BCC are still screaming about what happened beforehand in the match. How there wasn't a winner, and they're still being separated by security since the end of the opening match. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm I'm so excited to see that that these guys go at it again because they're all such great workers. They're all such great wrestlers, and they beat the hell out of each other and i know it's going to produce quality once revolution kicks off yeah it's going to be amazing i am uh i'm looking forward to that match i don't at this point since like i was sure there was going to be a stipulation and it'll probably be some kind of stipulation maybe it's the time limits an hour or something but i did what i'm seeing is just like there hasn't been a winner so I don't think you have to elevate it. I think it could just be a regular tag team exactly, match. Exactly, because then people can still be hyped for it just because yeah, they haven't seen who the winner is. So you can just do a regular tag team match. 
But you know, maybe it's a tornado tag. Maybe it's they were. Maybe there's a little something extra. But I would just be, at this point, I would be fine with it just being a regular tag team match. I did assume FTR would figure out a way to win it, maybe on a roll up or something, and then you know, it would Blackpool Combat Club would jump them, and then that would escalate the situation. But right now, it's uh, Blackpool Combat Club up is one zero and one right now. You know, Blackpool Combat Club has the only pin in the series, so. We are looking forward to what, oh, well, not even a pin. It was a pass out or tap out. I think he actually did tap out. And, uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to what happens in Greensboro with these guys. Yeah. Uh, So getting into the match between Orange Cassidy and Mike Bennett, I love the fact that now OC is just, like, full on, like, his slacker thing, it's not even a like heavily a thing that much anymore. Like he's, he's all in on him being the international champion and having problems with, uh, the undisputed kingdom. So he just went out just from the jump and orange punched Matt Taven. He was beaten up on Mike Bennett early on, but as he was getting pulled away by the referee, that's when Mike Bennett, uh, suplexed him and started getting some, uh, momentum on him. Uh, this match was really fast paced as well. Um, I enjoyed the fact that, uh, Mike Bennett, uh, decided to go over to, uh, uh, to talk shit about Orange Cassidy on commentary before he then just got the crap kicked out of him when he put the headset down. The, the way they filmed it too, like it like took me by surprise when he, cause I thought he was just going to go walk back in and then get kicked down. No, Orange Cassidy came flying out with a tope suicida, which was awesome. Um, but eventually as the match kept going on, uh, Orange Cassidy was able to uh, avoid a pile driver from Mike Bennett, and he hit the beach break, and he was able to get the victory. Uh, Matt Taven came in and started beating down Orange Cassidy. Roderick Strong came down, and they're going to try to beat up Orange Cassidy. And then Jake Hager comes out. He cleans house, and he saves Orange Cassidy, and then they announce that it's going to be Roderick Strong versus Jake Hager uh, uh, on Rampage taking place. Did they explain uh, why Jake Hager? No, there was no explanation. Like I said, oh, there's yes. no the my now my head cannon is well obviously he, uh listen, Jake Hager is saving his little brother. Like his little twin brother. They're just yes. that's 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 how it goes. You and, know? They, and, and that's immediately what the guy that I was with went to. He was like it, it was like they should just put Jake Hager and all Gene stuff. He looks exactly saying. like you, Orange Cassidy. You do Cassidy. that, or you put the purple bucket hat on Orange Cassidy. You can't tell the difference other yeah, than the yeah. fact that one of them is shrunken and the other one is a a big MMA dude. And I'm like, if that's what they're going for, understand your fans immediately got it because I didn't. I was like, I mean, it's Jake Hager and Orange Cassidy. Well, he's like, they look exactly alike, and I'm like, now I was just I, saying, now something's I funny. It, like now, I said, I, I would love nothing more than that being the case. Now I can't unsee it, though. I can't unsee it. Every time I see it, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it looks like a big brother, little brother situation. Yeah, no. It's, uh, it's, uh, I, I hope that's the way they go with it, because I think it would be so funny. But, uh. And Jake we hasn't have, been doing anything. No, he exactly. Isn't him something to do. Yeah. I would love to see like what they decide to do with Jake Hager because with the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society being dead, like it would very much be exciting to see what you could do with Jake Hager. Um, so yeah, I mean, we will see. But after this, 
uh, Renee Paquette was set to in- interview Angelo Parker because he had a big date with Ruby Soho, and she walked up uh, and like she's like, "I'll tell you all about our date Friday night." And then they are getting ready to go. A white SUV comes up, and Ruby was like, "Is that our ride?" And I'm like, "No, we got a lift." So like we're gonna we did not get this super nice car. Uh, and as they walk away, that's when Ric Flair comes out, and he's asked about Sting's retirement match by Renee, and she's he's like. I thought when I signed up for this whole thing, I'd be part of the bigger, I'd be a bigger part of the picture. Like, I'm not mad with Sting. I'm just upset that I'm not more involved because I should be right in the middle of things. And that's not what I've been. And he said, no, you know what? Between you and me, I'm going to explore other options because I'm not trying to put you in the middle. I'm just telling you the truth. And that's when Ric Flair walks away and knocks on a dressing room. And it's the Young Bucks. And Uh, Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. Their their god immediately asked him what he wants, and he said, "Asked him if we had if they had time for him," and they said, "Let's talk." So like we got a trio of shitheads in the room together now. That's so crazy. They they peas in a pod. Those guys. I wouldn't go quite peas in the pods, but they're all kind of you know jerks. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on from that, Daniel Garcia then was in the ring, and he got interviewed about uh, what happened last week with the Rated R superstar, Adam Copeland. He's on the shelf. He can't compete. He can't compete. And now Tony has said Daniel Garcia will be getting a shot at Christian Cage for the TNT Championship. Um, that came out of nowhere. This um, whole thing will go down for me. Just based on the details, again, the Google would added so much to this moment. It felt like, I, I, like so Christian, dude, this this promo, dude, this dude's a master right Daniel now. Daniel Garcia did a very, very good job. And, of course, the man who came out afterwards did an amazing job as well. So, first of all, love the fact the fans got behind Daniel Garcia for this opportunity. Like, I love the fact that they immediately like, okay, this is what we're getting. Cool. Like we're right behind Daniel Garcia for this. Um, and he talked about how, you know, you know, fans were chanting, you deserve it for him. And I didn't feel like I did, uh, for a while, for a lot of the time. So I always felt like I was destined for great things, but I was at my lowest point a couple months ago and I lost confidence and I just needed three seconds. And at the end of the continental classic, I got those three seconds. That changed my life. And every time I got knocked down, y'all picked me up. Every time I danced, y'all danced with me. And uh, Adam Copeland, no one knows how that match would have ended last week. But I have full confidence that if it went any longer, I would have made you tap out. So he talked about that and then says, it's not over between us. But next time you see me, I'll hold the TNT Championship when we face off. And then he brings up uh, Christian Cage. And that's when him... And the patriarchy come out. Nick Wayne, Killswitch, and Mother Wayne. And Christian Cage uh, was like, since Adam Copeland can't fight me, he will never have a chance at my TNT championship. Never. And Daniel, last week was just a byproduct of you standing in the ring with him. But it worked out pretty well because now you're the number one contender. And he goes on to be like, had a hell in a run, but I really don't think we should step into ring at Revolution. It's not that I don't think you're worthy. It's that I think you're not ready. 
you just want to make these people be entertained by your dance moves. I want to leave the arena every night the most dominant TNT champion of all time. And then that's when he brings up his childhood. He brings up his... He's like, do you know Jackie Garcia? And fucking doxes her. Like, just straight up address. <laughs> do you know, where like, the, you know where the address AD. is? You know where the address what? is? It's the address. I did not actually look it up. Sean Ross Sapp posted. It was an address to a cemetery. So apparently his mom's dead, too. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Like, dude, I, I I didn't even bother to look it no, up. No, Sean, like, I wouldn't have either. But Sean Ross Sapp did it, and it was an address to a cemetery. Doing the so. Lord's work. Doing the <laughs> Lord's work. And then can you confirm to me that you're, that Jackie was married to David Garcia? And he said, I understand that he is your father, and your father is dead. So, thank you, Christian, for once again going with the dead dad route. Love it. Oh, and then he talks about how big of a fairy tale ending it would be for him to raise this championship uh, after beating me in the name of your great father. But your father wasn't so great because he's a loser that lost his life to the bottle. And I don't want, and unlike him, I don't want to hurt you. I want to help you. I want to be your father. And Daniel Garcia then proceeds to be like, since you know so much about my dead father, why don't you come to the ring and I'll put you in the ground right next to him. I was like, Jesus. I was like, that's a way I've never seen somebody take a shot like that. It's like, oh yeah, my father is dead and you can be dead just like him. I'm like, who's like, I've never heard a comeback like that for somebody when they get called out for stuff like that. Um, Christian Cage then sent Nick Wayne to charge at him. They started beating him up. Uh, Daniel Garcia then got Wayne in a sharpshooter. And then Magic uh, Daddy Magic came out, and he stood up for uh, Daniel Garcia and took a chair to the back of Kill Switch. And, and that's what I'm like. Daddy Magic from day one, him and Angelo Parker, has said it was their son. Not only does Daniel Garcia have a father, he has two fathers. Exactly, dude. He doesn't need he doesn't need Christian to be and, his dad. As I say, old school, old school uh, TV show reference. There was a TV show back in the day called My Two Dads, and it I popped in my head at this moment. Again, I'm not gonna go too much. You can guess it's about you know a person with two dads, but there's a twist. You can Google it if you want to find out. But I just like that's what popped up in my head and made me. I love laugh. the fact that he's still like so tied to the hip with Daniel Garcia from the 2.0 days. Like that's his it's song. just nice to see that they that they that they still. I know. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I like stuff it. doesn't go away in AEW. If I hated you back then, if we start tagging together, be sure that wrestler is gonna address that they hated each other back then, right? If they're friends otherwise, and they have a connection, otherwise angle go well. Yeah, other friends and connections, they're gonna keep it. They don't stuff doesn't just go away. So no, yeah, it I does mean, not. It's yeah. it, everything still holds meaning. Um, yeah, and this is honestly, like I said, it was very, very nice about how this happened and just you know making a making a nice little moment out of the bad situation um, with all that. So I was glad to see it, at the very least that. Um, Danny Garcia gets a huge opportunity. Um, so I'm excited to see how he does, too. Um, moving on, Timeless Tony Storm got a quick win over Sydney Winnell. So. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I do, I do um, commentary in local Oklahoma. I've actually, the opponent, I've actually called matches for her. 
No way. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. That I, yeah, pretty yeah. good moment. It, it doesn't happen a lot, but it was just like, oh, that's cool. Was, oh, that's cool. So I saw it. I was like, that's, you know, her Oklahoma wrestling name. Obviously, yep, she went now. No, no, that, no. That, I think that's like maybe her real name, but she didn't use her wrestling name. So I'm not going to say what I'm not going to say what it is because, you know, she basically lost in two minutes. So she doesn't probably doesn't want those two things attached to each other. But I've called her. I was like, but that's her. I know her. And they were like, hey. And I said that and it was just kind of one of those cool moments. Absolutely. So good to see her lock up with uh, the timeless one, Tony Storm. Um, Now, you probably I don't know if they did they show this on the screen uh when this uh when you were there when Deanna Perrazzo comes out for her match and then they have a stare down. Did they show what they did on screen? No. So I'm on my phone and somebody's like, Did y'all and I was like, No. I mean, of course we were looking at it. It was in color and then the screen up there was just uh Deanna Perrazzo's uh entrance thing. So yeah. we didn't you we had to see it on Twitter, but that was so fucking cool. Spectacular work. Yes. Honestly, spectacular. I love it so so much that that how how that went and how they set that up like i love it like i said it's another reason why i just love the presentation of timeless tony storm and just all this type of stuff uh honestly like i said perfect image perfect um and then uh madison rain she took on diana perrazzo and madison rain was hit with tony storm's fin- uh, finisher which is the break a leg uh submission and she makes madison tap out that's when Tony comes in and tries to take the shoe and whack her with it. She ducked it and then hit her uh, with a kick. And then that's when she swung at Mariah May, who then got out of the way. Uh, and then that's when Tony Storm used the distraction to uh, grab Deanna Perrazzo. And then she hit the break a leg uh, submission on her. So Yes, and uh, Madison took a pretty nasty drop on the head. She's okay. I was just I, saying, uh, yeah, thankfully she it, is. I didn't mention it just because I was... I, I, I know she's thankfully okay with it, but, but yeah, yeah, it was it was, was, was kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, no, it was nasty, and you couldn't see it in real time. But it's like someone put the clip up, like, "Oh my god!" And it, yeah, it was like because you could tell they checked on her afterwards. So it was like, dude, I, I was like, man, they could have went, went went way worse. So I'm happy for Madison, but this Diana and uh, Tony is my fir- favorite thing in a very long time. I, I've just really enjoyed this whole rivalry. Yeah, um, so like I said that I can't wait for when we get Deanna versus Tony. Like Tony has been one of my favorite things in AEW so far. I do have the hat coming now, thankfully. I re- I rectified that after not getting it when it first dropped. Um, moving on, we had uh, the AEW World Tag Team Champions Sting and Darby Allen, who had a bit of a message for the Young Bucks. Um, Darby basically said, you know, when you're this close to the end. You look back on life and look, it puts things in perspective. That fame, spotlight, material things that we chase for, they don't mean anything. And they were looking at some old photos, and they show Sting when, uh, with his kids when they were, like, little, little. And they were the same age as the Bucks kids are now. And, like, this is the only thing that matters to him in the end is his family. And Sting goes... Strikes a nerve because all my years in a pro wrestler, no one has messed with my own flesh and blood until you, Bucks. Because all this stuff going on in my personal life the last couple of weeks, the Bucks attacked my sons, and now my father, seven days ago, passed away. Said all that. 
First of all, I wouldn't say that with with Christian working in the same company. That's all I'm saying. But at least there, he's he's retiring, so he's getting out of Dodge at least before Christian can even like Christian was licking his chops by when you said that. I'm just letting you know that. Um, but coming out of that, he talked about his own mortality. He used to think he was invincible, and he still sometimes feels that way. But time catches up to him, like it does for everybody. But one thing he knows, everything that's left in him is coming to revolution with him. And the Bucks have the fight of their life on their hands now. So, great work uh, in this promo. Honestly, I love the use of the uh, images of uh, his family. I thought that was great, tying it all together. And it ties it back more so, too, about what this story, like, is. And I'm going to say, big thing to anyone that didn't like that Darby didn't address his family last night. It last week, yeah. It rang so much harder, and I saw so many people that thought this was like one of the best promos, best things that Sting done in wrestling because Sting addressed it. It wasn't for Darby to address. I said that last week, and I'm reiterating it this yes, week. Yes, and it, it, was it, it was a thousand percent right. And it ended up being it was for wasn't. Darby wasn't the right person to address Sting's kids getting attacked. It had to be Sting. And now we know literally why Sting wasn't on the show. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, like, we know why Sting wasn't on the show. So it's like all this stuff sometimes it's just like, I understand. What we do in wrestling is we react to everything in a moment. So, again, there's no problem with that. But sometimes you, if you, you wait a second, Things play out and it, it, it clears up. Yeah, and like I said, it's 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 everything seems to be on on track now for what this story is. Like the the stuff with uh, Darby, like in everything that he said last week. That's not what this story is. It was enough to carry it for a week, but now that we've got Sting back and that we can get focused in on what this story is, which is like. It, it feels more intact, you know what I mean? And now we need to know what the hell the Young Bucks are doing with them talking to Ric Flair. Yeah, and it was announced it's going to be a tornado tag. So Exactly. It's so gonna with be a it fight. being a tornado tag, yeah. could be a lot of shenanigans because of that. I wonder what um, Sting is going to jump off in his last match. Exactly. Something, I know. Yeah. Um, we moved into a interview with Wardlow, who immediately told Shivani to get out of the ring. And Wardlow felt like dropping a pipe bomb tonight in more ways than one. And he literally addressed everything anybody is questioning about him. Exactly. He, this, this was, like I said, this was his pipe bomb. And he talks about how two years ago, and I was in the building when this happened, uh, thousands of people chanting his name city after city in a manner that hadn't been seen or heard in decades being the next big thing. But apparently the rocket that was strapped to his back was put upside down because since then he's been driven into the ground and screwed over and over again. And he would think, you know, the only homegrown day one original AEW megastar this company would have been champion long time ago. But he's never received a world title shot and people need to be fired and thrown in jail for that fact. I was like, God damn. Again, somebody's been reading the Internet. (laughs) Oh, damn. He goes, look at some of the people who have held it. Kings, gods, so what does that make me? Because the best in the world, the real heavyweight champion, 
I beat his ass like nobody has in his entire career. His body is still falling apart from me. Gotta say, what did you well think done. of that? Well, well I'm no, no, no. Yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah. well done. I like the fact to think that the reason why Punk can't say healthy is because Wardlow beat the shit out of him. Yes, yes. I, 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 I honestly, like I said, I like it because it it services what he's like. The it gives purpose to the promo. Yes. It's like, how have I not been champion when this dude who y'all hate so much and also fucked off? This guy held a championship, but I never have. Like, he's got reasons to be upset, so I understand why he would take credit at it. But also, you still lost the match, so, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Either way! <laughs> um, he then talks about the former champ, the guy who's better than us, and we know it. He squashed him like an insect. And then he brings himself to the most dangerous man in the room, the king, current champ Samoa Joe. Can someone remind me when he and I were in a ring? Oh, yeah, I choked his ass out and beat him, too. So again, what does that make me? Because it sounds like I'm the best in the world, I'm better than you and you know it, and I'm the most dangerous man in the room. He called himself the uncrowned king of AEW, and it's time I start eating like one because I have been starving. I'm done being fed scraps. I am everything a world champion should be, and there's no one back there bigger, faster, or stronger than me. Anybody who wants to get in my way, just know this is no longer wrestling. This is war. Like A plus stuff from him, A A plus stuff from him. This is genuinely so so well done. Like I said, I don't I'm not, know. I, I'm, I, not even that, I'm not even like I said. I'm all for you referencing stuff with Punk if it furthers a storyline and furthers your character. That's I, honestly why I like this. I don't know if this is him standing in front of a mirror. I don't know if this is him working with the promo guys like Dustin Rhodes or whatever in the back. I don't know what this is, but whatever it did, it worked. I don't know if he's just had this in two years and was just never given the mic to do it. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But that man, uh, went, I always thought he was okay. You know, okay promo and like okay. No, like, the promo was the always the one thing I had issue with Wardlow with. I, I thought he was the best big man AEW had because not only was he a big dude who could power slam you into a bivy, oblivion, but he could also do shit like jump off the top rope and do crazy speed shit that like not a lot of the big men in AEW could do. Yeah, he's the marriage of between looking like a like a like a guy and then also being able to perform I thought this was really well done. I believe this is, you know, setting up, uh, setting up a f- world title feud. And I don't know who. I mean, I, I have a feeling who it's going to be with, but who it's going to be with. But I'm really, yeah, I'm real. I really enjoyed this Wardlow thing. No, yeah, he 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 absolutely took this shot, and he did a he did he hit a for sure an extra base hit out of this. Like he he smacked this thing really well. I give him all the credit in the world for that. Um, we then had a quick little thing with the Bang Bang Scissors gang when they talked about on the next collision, they should team up as the Collision Cowboys representing the Bang Bang Scissor gang. Uh, and I was just like, these goddamn names, dude. These goddamn names are just like absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then we uh, it meant, then we found out about how we found out about a lot of things too in this period of time too. We had Will Ospreay being confirmed for Dynamite next week. 
We had Excalibur announcing that Meat Madness is taking place at Revolution with Wardlow. And then that's when Don Callis with the Don Callis family was brought up about it. And he talked about Will Ospreay against Takeshita. And he then said um, Powerhouse Hobbs was going to do damage in uh, Meat Madness. So did we ever get full confirmation about that, too? Like, is that just like a group of all the like, is it a like how many people are in this Meat Madness match? Yeah, no, we have not gotten any confirmation other than right. I was just saying, I didn't we, see any we got else. Powerhouse Hobbs and uh, Powerhouse oh Hobbs and Warlow, and uh, I hope, I hope someone in the company gave Big E a call and be like, hey, we're going to use this. Are you good with it? I mean, because the whole meat thing, that's been Big E. That's Big E. Yes, that's no, Big exactly. E. I just, like I said, I don't think necessarily that uh he needed it i just think it would have been cool if somebody gave them the call like i said at the very least i would love him to be guy can we get your blessing to do this because yes, like yes Vicky is one of the nicest people in pro wrestling i feel like it's the only kind of c- courtesy you could do yeah and, and, and the like, fact that that whole big meaty men slapping me yes. is literally word for word hit like he could trademark it if he yes was. i mean it's his thing so it's like it's not one of those <laughs> Like I said, it's just more of it would be cool if they did, you know, give him the uh, give him the call and like it's I mean, not I required. Would, I would I would love it if he just came up to be the ring announcer for the the Meat Madness dude, match. Dude. I know that's not humanly possible right now, yes. but I would love it. Yes, it's just that dude. He does it. I mean, that's his thing. I'm looking forward to this. I, I started, you know, I started fantasy book and I was like, Lance Archer has to be in this match. Uh, I mean, you could do Big Bill. Uh, you got to have Miro in the match. You know, he, he was the meat thing. You know, uh, we got the meat chance in it. And it was just like, I was just going through the list of the big dudes you got to have in this match. And in uh, my own personal, you got to have the meat man. You got to have Johnny Hungry in it. I just think that would be uh, pretty funny. You know, it's like you have yeah, all exactly. these giants in it. And then also, John Silver. That, yeah, John Silver is literally even called <laughs> the Meat Man. And my friend's like, man, we got to have Butcher in it. And I was like, pun intended. Yes. I'm like, you have to have Butcher in the Meat Man. <laughs> if you're going to make this Meat Madness, you have to go all the way with it. Yes, you got to have the Butcher in the Meat Match. And I think you should have, like, Paul White be the special referee. Something man, yeah, yeah, something. like, dude, I think everything Either that or involved, just do commentary, well, yeah, you know Paul White, do commentary, Paul White doing care commentary. You just gotta have somebody big in there calling the match. I'm like, go all the way with it, like, just make this, uh, uh, uh and the like winner. when WWE did the the little person match, yes. like the ELC match, they yeah. went all the way with it. Yeah, like, if, the, if you're gonna do Meat Madness, you gotta go all the way with it. Too. And if the marketing people aren't calling ho- Omaha Steaks. <laughs> to, uh, if they're not calling Omaha Steaks to be, uh, uh, you know, the advertiser for this match, and literally what you should win Someone's is not a doing year, their job. Yeah, a year supply of steak absolutely should be the winner of this match. For real. Uh, but moving off of that, yes. we had the main event of this show, which is the trios match between the world champion Samoa Joe, Brian Cage, and Spurs Strickland versus Hook, Hangman, and Rob Van Dam. Um, and this is a good closer. Um, I still think, obviously, the opening match 
was the best match of the night. It, it felt was, very, it, was, it felt no. very rampage. I mean, it, yeah, it felt yeah. very rampage of that with the best match being first and the, then the yeah, the opening match was the main event. <laughs> exactly, the opening match was the main event, just like typical rampage kind of stuff. Um, but this match was still very solid. I like the work that they did. I also love the fact that too, like RVD is just like got so many signature moves that like you can get so much time out of a match done by him just rolling through all of his signatures. Like he's the type of guy where like if you load him up on 2K, like he's got four different signatures you can ch- switch between. And he is the he is absolutely he is absolutely the this is the best use of RVD. Having him come in four or five times a year, getting yes. the pops, getting his shit in, doing something cool, and then getting out of there. I'm like, people like sign RVD, that's cool, but, I mean, do you really have a spot for him? This is his best spot. Yeah, no, this this is what, uh, like, works best for him, like, in this kind of spot. Um, he did great work in this match. Um, Hangman and Swerve getting the chance to go at each other again. It was great. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, this match went just everybody getting all their stuff in all their finishers, boom, 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 boom at one point. And then eventually as RVD goes for the five-star frog, frog splash, Brian Cage shoves him, knocks out hook with a lariat. And that's when Joe comes in and he gets a rear naked choke in and he gets the victory for the heels and Joe continuing to be the king that he claims he is. And Raining all over uh, AEW with his title run, um, and it was well done. I will say it was it was a well done trios match, um, a night a, a a solid way to close it out um, for what was a a pretty dang good show. I will say, Floyd. I know you can speak to it a little bit more with you being there, dude. It was just a fun match. It was it really was. I'm like I I mean I could go into like depth or whatever, but it was just a fun yeah. match. It, it was like Swerve is super over. We got to swerve when we drive. We got to do the na na dance, and it was amazing. Yeah. And it was just like everybody hit their spots. Uh, Hook got his suplex in on Samoa Joe. There, I mean, and again, there was a story with Hook and Samoa Joe. There was a story in everybody match. Uh, there was a story with everybody. RVD was kind of the odd man out. I love the Hangman promo. I know, yeah, yeah. I love the Hangman promo before the match, and he's like. This is our chance to hurt Eric Swerve. He does not give a fuck about Samoa Joe. Not he does not a, give a, a fuck does not give a damn. about being the world champion. He does not care. His whole purpose in life is to make sure Swerve doesn't become the world champion. And I love it. I feel like this is leading to a AEW, like a cage match or some like... Because you thought the Texas Death Match was going to blow off. Maybe they, you know, do a uns- bring back the unsanctioned match or something. Because this has to be leading to something with Swerve and Hangman. Because literally, Hangman's desire and everything is just to keep the title off Swerve. And I fucking love it. Yeah, I mean, he's got the he's got a death wish for, like, Swerve Strickland. He wants him to suffer the most. Yes. So, I mean, like, you would think it has to blow off with something like that. But... That was AEW Dynamite. Uh, Rampage already aired, of course. Uh, and um, Floyd, uh, did you want to tom- comment on the Rampage stuff that you got to see? I mean, I saw the Rampage stuff. I I personally believe uh, Mariah May and Anna Jay 
tore it down. I thought they had a really good match. It was really heavy hitting. It reminded me of a female version of Mox and Dax because they were just they were throwing forearms, throwing bombs. I thought it was one of Anna J's best matches. Uh, and this was live. I have not watched it on TV, so maybe that changes a little bit, but live I thought it was one of Anna J's best matches. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Uh, there was a triple tri- threat trios match. That was, uh, you know, that was good. I, I don't think Rampage is a skip this week, especially but if you're going to watch it and you're like, oh, you piecemeal and you don't necessarily watch the whole thing, why I say watch Mariah May and Anna J. Okay. And then turn it off when the Young Bucks show up. I mean, I mean, okay. So the Young Bucks, in a brilliant move of just, like, this is them going to the next level with their healness. The, it, it is no longer the Meltzer driver. It's dead. The Meltzer driver is yes. dead. It is the Tony Khan driver. And it was funny because of how they did it. Because, you know, you weren't going to hear it. On, you know, uh, the uh, people in ring weren't going to hear the announcers say they've renamed it. So when they were about to hit the move, they screamed, this is the Tony Khan driver. Yeah, and everybody screams it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then does the move. And it, yeah, the match lasts. lasts I'm just it. saying, though, dude, like Meltzer driver was just taking his last name. Like, why not just call it the Khan driver? No, Tony, because it could be Nick Khan. Tony Khan driver. Sir. But again, doesn't that just work both ways, though? There's only like, one. Go crazy the, about it. And there's only one Meltzer in wrestling. But there's. I understand that. The two cons, so they will just call it the TK driver. There you go. No, no, no. Instead of the Tony, the Tony Khan driver, it it goes too long. Yes, exactly. They don't want anything about what they're doing right now to be appealing to anyone. They want you to hate every. They want you to hate how they dress. They want you to hate how they move. They want you to hate how they talk. They literally want you to hate their fucking names, and it's fucking brilliant. I mean, this is probably. My peak Young Bucks fandom right now, because I just think everything they're doing is so dickish that it is getting under people's skin, and this is what he'll... Oh, Floyd is like, I know he's like absolutely like overjoyed with how much like I'm seething. Yes, because this is what heels used to be. It is like, this is what Hill used to be. It's like, I don't want you to cheer me. It's like so many, like the last two, the two most over guys over the last two years have been MJF and Swerve, and they're literally the most despicable people (laughs) ever. And it's like, uh, Christian Cage and the Young Bucks right now are doing Hill work. This is Hill work, and I fucking love it. I got nothing. They got don't nothing. want you to like them. They don't want you to be appealing. They exactly. want you to which think why about. I get, which is why I get stuck and I'm just like, oh, no, see. You're, they're, they're, you're, like, you're like, I'm thinking about turning the channel. Good. Let the hate flow through you. That's what they want. <laughs> they're using the hate. And it's like the more you hate it, they're going to do it more. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love it. I love what they're doing right now. They they are They are. They by no means my favorite tag team. It's very clear by my social media name who my favorite tag exactly. team is. But I am really enjoying everything they're doing right now. And it's just like I said, greatest tag teams of all time. We happen to be living in this world right now where we're probably watching the two greatest tag teams of all time and they're in the same company. And it, like if you say the Bucks are better than FTR, I'm not going to fight you too hard. And if you say FTR is better than the Bucks, 
not I don't really have anything to say about that because these dudes are exceptional in two completely different ways right now and it's just like as a person that is a tag team wrestling lover and geek and smart and all the other words you can come up for it man this is a golden period of tag team wrestling yeah man and then and it's somebody that didn't like the tag team division what two it months ago <laughs> yeah two months ago <laughs> it's like we got two you say uh, that i will say yeah. but your your boy your boys ftr on collision are wrestling a team that's not a name team but that's what I'm saying. But the wrestling, you know what I mean? Yeah. They were in that trio stuff, and then it was like, let's get tag teams in there. And honestly, I think it's building up. They're going to win, right? They're yeah. going to win, and we're going to talk about the rankings in a second. I've le- I think they haven't tweeted out the rankings yet, have they? I don't know. Uh, new- yeah, the, on the site, there's no new rankings yet. Oh, okay. Well, then I pro- they'll probably do it after collision, so we don't really need to talk about it. But I feel like how it's leading up, the match – at uh, Revolution, it's going to be like one versus two or two versus three because the Young Bucks are the number one contender. I think it's going to be two versus three. It will probably be two versus three. So they are literally doing it where the match at Revolution is going to lead to the next contenders. Come on. Come on. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Come on. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a lot online for that for sure. Um, for Collision, that's coming up on Saturday. Uh, you're going to have Kira Hogan versus Serena Deep. Thunder Rosa will also be in action. Powerhouse Hobbs will be facing Sammy Guevara in a no disqualification match. And we'll I feel the ba- like they're going towards Serena Deep versus Thunder Rosa. If you see, it's kind of yes, it's kind of parallel. You, yes, they're please, not talking please, about please. it. They're not addressing each other, but they're kind of on this parallel winning streaks where they have and, to. Cross. And they're going to have to cross, and maybe one of them goes after the TBS title. I don't know. But it just seems like they're building to them wrestling each other, which we might end up getting, you know, like I said, I don't know, but we might end up getting it at, at the pay-per-view. Yeah. The Bang Bang Scissor game will be in action. FTR will face Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty. Brian Keith will face off against Malachi Black. And the Banger. Is, and the internet is exploding because they're like, holy mm-hmm. shit, they gave Malachi Black a singles match. Oh, it's just like Brian Keith, too. He's just, I mean... I just thought, I was like, this is a banger. I didn't even think about the fact that Malachi Black doesn't work singles matches. I was like, oh, Brian Keith versus Malachi Black, sign me up. Sign I'm me all up. for it as well. And then, of course, <laughs> Brian Danielson versus uh, Jun Akiyama. Dude, yeah, and again, you don't, you don't, again, this is like Brian Danielson's last year. That's the story. Why should you care about Jun Akiyama? Even if you've never seen Jun Akiyama, never seen him wrestle, don't know anything about him, just know Brian Danielson brought this man for Japan as a dream match for him. That's all. This is a Brian Danielson dream match. This exactly. Is not, this is not, I know this could be for some wrestling fans, but this is someone that Brian Danielson wanted to work with. They flew him into America to do this match in Springfield, Missouri, of all places. <laughs> But Springfield's getting a banger. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, like Springfield is getting a lot of really good matches. And I think this card that you're seeing for Collision is, this is this is what, if you're asking what the Collision brand is, this card is the Collision brand. Just Honestly, a bunch yeah. of really good wrestling matches. For sure, for sure. Uh, that is everything coming up in AEW. Uh, the last thing we want to touch on uh, before we close the show out real quickly 
is the results of the Wrestling Observer Awards, uh, which came out. Um, I'll go through real quickly, and I'll just talk about the AEW-related awards that were won. So, Wrestler Wrestler of the Year was Will Ospreay. Most Outstanding was Will Ospreay. Tag Team of the Year, FTR. Boom. Best, back to best, back. Two back top. to back. Just like the Chiefs. Boom. Uh, tag Team of the Year was FTR, uh, like I said. Best best on interviews, Eddie Kingston. Best weekly television show, AEW Dynamite. Match of the Year, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, Wrestle Kingdom 17. Uh, and then uh, Japanese MVP was Will Ospreay. European year MVP was also Will Ospreay. I find that incredibly hysterical. Non-heavyweight MVP was El Hijo del Vikingo. Uh, and then you had most improved was Julia Hart. Most charismatic, MJF. Brian Danielson Award went to Brian Danielson for Best Technical Wrestler. Best Brawler went to John Moxley. Best Flying Wrestler was Vikingo again. Uh, Don Callis was the Best Non-Wrestler. Best TV Announcer once again, Excalibur. Uh, best Major Wrestling Show was Revolution. Uh, best Wrestling Maneuver is Will Ospreay's Hidden Blade. Worst Feud of the Year was MJF versus The Devil. So there was one thing there. Uh, and then promoter of the year yeah. was AEW oh, actually won the the top had the top two worst uh, gimmicks of the year. Yes, with the, the devil, devil. Yeah, and worst, QTV. Worst gimmick was the devil. Yes. And then uh, second was QTV. So they got one and two. They got one and two. Yeah. Like so, I don't know about QTV because, like I said, that was my debut of uh, Harley Cameron. So you can't say that it wasn't worth something. Dude, and you know, again, again, like just like last year, just like last year, take these with a grain of salt. I exactly. Mean, if you like something better, uh, <laughs> if you final like something, thing, though, yeah. Final yeah. thing though for the uh, final AEW one best gimmick, timeless Tony Storm. Let's fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> best gimmick. Again, Let's go. Again, I will say this. Uh, the big ones were like the two that didn't, the ones that shaped the world. Were the two you didn't talk about, and we're gonna bring them up now. For the first time since they debuted, AEW did not win Best Promotion of the Year. Yes, it, it, for it, the first man. time in decades, WWE won it. WWE won it, and uh, for the first time in decades, I mean, you know, Promoter of the Year went to uh, no uh, Booker of the Year went to Triple H. Promoter of the Year went to Nick Khan. Um. WWE is literally the hottest organization in the world now. Like, tickets can't be bought uh, fast enough. They're selling out SmackDowns and Raws. People love everything they're doing. If you look at the American wrestler, it was Cody Rhodes. Dude, this I is... will say, though, like I said, it, it, I agree with you on that point. Like I said, it's, it's a hot time for them. But I also still find it hysterical, the fact that it's, like, promotion of the year, but also... Worst show of the year is Revol- worst major wrestling show is Revolution is I mean is a uh, Crown Jewel, uh, worst like in uh, like like you see like on the rankings how close like NXT and uh, other shows were close to winning some other awards As, and then best weekly show was still Dynamite. Yes, I, just I, saying I, it. It's kind of it is kind of funny. Yes, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Like I said, these yeah. awards like we say, yeah. you take them with a grain of salt. Like if you put your like. Everything matters with who wins this award. Like it doesn't. Like these awards are just for fun. Yeah, they should just be for fun. Yeah, Observer Newsletter Awards. This is 
for people that are that pay to be a part of the newsletter. Those who vote. Exactly. There's there's nothing wrong with it. If you find it important, that's great. If you don't find it important, that's great too. But I what I'm saying is like WWE's hot, right? They're the hottest product. The hottest the product has ever been. It's honestly other than the Cody stuff for me. It's the least interested I've ever been in WWE. Like in my life. Like, Dude, yeah, like, my, like, <laughs> my most my most interesting thing got canned because of what happened in the Rumble. So again, minus the Cody stuff. If you read a recap from Raw last month and a recap from Raw this month, it's pretty much the same thing. And if and I feel the same way kind of about SmackDown. Other than the Cody stuff. This is subtracting the Cody stuff because I'm obviously interested in the Cody stuff. It's the reason I'm going to WrestleMania. So it's just like right now I enjoy 20% of WWE. I don't care about 80% of it, which is link in lifelong WWE fan. You know, it's just like, I don't feel like nothing. I feel like nothing happens week to week. And as a, also a lifelong soap opera fan, this does soap operas have this happen too, that they have like this really big storyline and it's like, Oh, that matters. And not a lot else is happening in the rest of the show. So it's, Again, I understand what WWE what's going on, and I think WWE as a whole, as a whole, uh, is going to get better when the title is if when and if the title is in Cody's hands, because I just think it's going to give you some fresh matchups. It's going to give you the idea that the title could change hands, that kind of stuff. And I, I, you know, again, we're not a WWE podcast, but whatever. I'm just like, we're talking about it again. We've already talked about the AEW stuff. So this is uh wrestling observer awards. And then, you know, FTR, I mean, I'm feeling my back to back. This is my favorite time to be a fan of just everything. Can't see chiefs back to back. Cody's main eventing WrestleMania back to back. Now the FTR driving home the tag team tie, uh, tag team back to back, which I even considered 2023 a down year overall for tag team wrestling. But FTR is the brightest spot in that world, and they are the best tag team in the world. I'm like, look, hey, if you don't ask me, ask the Observer Newsletter, which I don't vote in, ESPN, which I don't vote in, all the awards, PWI, all of them. FTR's won them all. Clean sweep. So it's like you can say, oh, they're the best. You like, well, they're they're con- no, they are the best tag team in the world by any measurable, <laughs> any measurable uh, ranking system. Everybody has picked them as number one. When when somebody once one team was taking time off, these motherfuckers was working every Saturday. Now they're working Wednesday, and then they come back and work Saturday. They clearly could have took Collision off this week and just saved it for them. No, they're in. And uh, just to let y'all know, the taping schedule is a little weird. Uh, Collision tomorrow is gonna they're gonna Collision, and then they're gonna tape next week's Rampage because on Wednesday in Huntsville, Alabama, they're actually uh, doing Dynamite, and then they're uh, taping uh, Collision right after. So Collision will be uh, recorded next week as they get ready for. revolution uh but yeah it's just right now it's really good time for me to be a fan of everything i'm kind of a fan of right now even the oklahoma city thunder are good and i don't even talk about them <laughs> only thing i got right now is red wings that's yeah. all i got right now so yes. either way uh with that i think that's going to close things out for this episode of all things elite guys thank you guys so much for tuning in 
uh, everything every single week. We apologize again that this took a little bit longer to come out, but we had to make sure we get an episode out and we'll be on next week guaranteed for our AEW Revolution uh, predictions as well. So, uh, guys, thanks for listening. Be sure to keep downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Rate, review, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod, at Social Suplex. Follow those guys who make this show possible and check out all their other shows. I'm at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. With that, I am about to go to sleep. Floyd is about to watch Elimination Chamber in Perth. So I will let this man take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. I'm going to keep it short so Austin can go to sleep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we, as we head towards the end of winter, uh, I just want to let everybody know that we're going to get one more freeze. So prepare accordingly. Don't put your, sh- don't you put your shit up yet because we always get that one more uh, goodbye to winter freeze. And I thank you all for listening to both of us. Uh, we're going to keep, we're, we're consistent. I think this is what, three weeks in a row that we actually put out a show. I, I think this is our longest streak in a while. So I uh, stay with us. We're going to keep going. I think. I, we didn't make a big deal of it, but I believe the 28th is our five-year anniversary of ATE. Uh, yes, it was a very big, different show when it debuted, but I am been glad to do this. I found my tag team partner, Austin, and I thank everyone that listens, and I will leave you how I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be a leader. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.